Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 30. This week, we talked to Rob Reynolds about the sweetness of chocolatey. .NET is on Linux and Mac. Visual Studio 2015. And Microsoft makes you an offer you can't refuse. Hey, Carl, how's it going? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, did you hear that awesome shout out from the Windows Developer Show? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I didn't think we'd get called out so many times in the show, <laughs> yeah. but I think I think Ryan mentioned it four or five times. That was pretty awesome. He just uh, he kept telling all of the listeners to listen to our show instead. So uh, I guess we should tell our listeners to listen to their show instead. <laughs> yeah, so, they, they do a fantastic job, a little bit more energetic than we are. Um, I also happen to have a, a really good conversation with with Ryan last yeah. week and uh, gave gave me a lot of personal advice. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah, and a lot of advice for the show, so we really appreciate that. Anything we can do to make the show better. So you can check them out at windowsdevelopershow.com. Uh, I've been listening to them for a long time, and I, I think you uh, you were the one that suggested them to me. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we've been longtime listeners, so huge fans of the show. Okay, so today we have a very special guest, Rob Reynolds. He's a developer, MVP, and he's the author of Chocolatey. Welcome, Rob. How's it going? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on. Uh, Carl said yeah. that he uh, he met you last uh, was last week at the MVP summit, right, Carl? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, he's like, oh, I found you know the guy that uh, the author of Chocolatey, and I was pretty excited. And uh, I showed you before the show. I actually have uh, my Chocolatey script running right now. We'll actually include a link to that in the show notes. It's nothing special, but it's I just have a, a GitHub gist out there, and anytime I need to set up my machine, that gets me ninety percent of the way there. It saves me a ton of time. Uh, usually what I do is I, I, I paste that script in and, uh, the last time I, my son actually had a football game and I left, I left for about uh, two hours. I came back and sure enough, 90% of my machine was set up only a couple extra things I had to install. So pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. So (laughs) I've been a long time, huge, huge fan of chocolatey. So, um, so I'm super excited to talk to you. Even back when it really sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was always useful to me. I, maybe, uh, I've been using it for... Oh, let's see. I mean, at least a year, probably a year and a half, maybe. Oh, right on. Yeah. I don't know how old the project is, itself is. It's uh, it's about three and a half years old. Okay. Uh, maybe a little over. Yeah. So maybe um, I used it's... it as far back as like two years ago. So, I mean, it was always good. I mean, it was back in the, the CNC days instead of the Chaco install. I noticed that that switched at some point. Well, yeah, you can still do CNC. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yep, yep. Most people thought that's all there was with chocolatey, and really, like, no, no. There's other commands that you can run too. So, it, okay, it, it really made sense to go to more of a ubiquitous uh, command, Chaco, and then you know whatever the command is coming after it. Okay. Um, so we started making all of the changes. I mean, the the command has been there for a while, and we just more recently started making all the changes so that people could see that and be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to call now. I was going to say, before we jump on the show, you want to give a little bit of your background then? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did I, did I cover it? You're just, just an awesome guy. Yeah, you got most of it. I uh, started developing way back in uh, early college. Like I didn't even have a computer until I went to college. So yeah, got into some programming classes, loved it. And uh, I moved from there. Well, actually, you know, I went through college. I thought I was going to get out and be a DBA. And uh, my first job was as a programmer. And I was like, oh, oh thank this God. really suits me. <laughs> uh, I already taken some programming classes. Yes. <laughs> no, no, there's uh, there's there's people. I mean, there's there's a there's a job for everybody. Right. And uh, some people are DBAs yeah. and some people are programmers. Finding your job. That's the hard. Yep. Thing. Yep. Yeah. It's like a, it's just it's a calling. 
Uh, so anyway, Carl, I see that you set up uh, you set up a Facebook page for us. What's that all about? Yep. Um, I realized that, you know, a lot of people use Facebook and we've kind of only limited ourselves to Twitter. Yep. And <laughs> uh, just just as a way for people to get a little bit more feedback into the show, you can go to Facebook, Facebook dot com slash MS Dev show. And not uh, Facebook. <laughs> nope, not Facebook. Yeah, or that's, back. that's probably uh, probably not safe for work. our goal is you know we'll we'll try to post a few links out there that we might talk about on the next show and you know get your comments in on them early and you know if they make sense to be on the show we'll include them as part of the show so just just another way for you guys to interact with us and interact with the show Okay, Jeff, definitely do not go to faceback.com slash MSDev show. Like, do not. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's not pornographic, but it is extremely virusy. And, uh, uh, okay. I, it's got We've me been warned. In, it's got me in an infinite pop up loop, too. So that's, that's wonderful. All oh, right. Here we go. Uh, oh, here we go. I can get out of it. All right. It was, uh, yeah. uh talking <laughs> about feedback. The team there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, talking about feedback, uh, we received some feedback uh, from Glenn Smith this week on Twitter. Yep, uh, he said that you know he caught our uh, episode on Ad Rotator uh, with Rob Irving, and uh, he thought it was great, and he learned a lot about ad networking options, and uh, he just wanted to say that he likes our links too. So, cool. Uh, one of the things that we've been trying to do is just getting a little bit more links in the show as we talk about them. We try to find them, grab them, put them in the show notes right away, so we don't forget. If you have any other feedback feedback like this, just let us know. It really helps us to make the show better for you guys. Yeah, I really liked his feedback. And 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 here's the deal. You know, I look at the the stats uh, on the episodes and and our our download statistics vary wildly. And it seems like, you know, there's certain topics that get more downloads than others. And I guess what I would suggest to the listeners is even even if the topic doesn't look like it's of interest, they'll give it a listen because you know, we tend to, we tend to talk to some really interesting, smart people, and I've learned something from every single show, even if it's not something that I use on a daily basis, for example. So, so keep that feedback coming. So let's get into the news. Oh man, we got like, uh, we got about four hours of news. (laughs) So a whole bunch of connect announcements. Lots of things. Yeah. Did you want to kick us off here, Carl? Yeah. So Jason mentioned that this is Connect, and on earlier this week, there was two days. Microsoft had uh, a Visual Studio Connect event. Uh, one day was in New York, the next day was in Redmond, I believe. Okay. And 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 the first you know huge announcement to come out of it was the open sourcing of the .NET Core framework. Mm-hmm. So so that is the source code is out on GitHub. It's open source with an MIT license. Yeah, which which is huge, huge because you can use that for anything you want. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, that was pretty the unrestricted license change. You're right. Yeah, in, in the past they had used uh, other licenses when they open source things that were a little bit more restrictive. This was it uh, MSPL or Apache two. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is very cool. So I mean, the the uh, the real news here, I think, is that this is going to make it available, or it's all it will be available and supported on Linux and OS ten as well which is going to be awesome. Yeah, and they showed it uh uh ASP.net applications running on Linux and Mac. Yeah. So I mean, they they didn't just talk that there's going to be support, they showed the support. Yeah, and this um, you know, this is a huge step and people don't realize there's been a whole bunch of sort of baby steps toward this. I mean, the um you know, the the ASP.net vnext stuff 
was, was Mm -hmm. a big step in that direction. And you could pair that with the mono framework and get, you know, a full ASP.NET stack running. So now they just had to take the the, sort of those bottom pieces, make those available and boom, now, now you can run the entire thing on any platform. It's very cool. I mean, the, the idea here is that, um, you know, it's, it's not about the operating system. And in fact, I mean, people just don't it, on the server side, people just don't care about the operating system more. It just needs a, it needs to run what you want it to run. And, um, you know, if, if it's, uh, especially whenever we're talking about the cloud, I mean, the cloud, there is no operating system of the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know 20% of the, the VMs in Azure are Linux, you know, for example, and that's fine. And now, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more Linux VMs potentially that are running .NET uh, in Azure, which was really cool. Well, even beyond that, you look at a lot of the hosting providers out there, um, mm-hmm. a good majority of them are Linux hosters. And yeah. for somebody who myself, you know, mm-hmm. you know, professionally as an ASP.NET developer, you know, when I wanted to get my first, you know, website out there that was, you know, you know, had ASP.NET, it took a while to find a decent provider that could handle IIS. Mm-hmm. And this just really opens up the options for developers out there to use their skills on on really, you know, you know, cheap, you know, holsters, you know, mm-hmm. not that they're providing poor services, just that inexpensive, you know, it really opens up the possibilities for us. Yeah. Very cool. And then uh, let's see, free Visual Studio Community Edition. So you, I think you know more about this than I do. So why don't you fill us in? Yeah. So in the past, there were for a free option of Visual Studio, there are the Express Editions. And generally you had one for web development, one for client development. You had one for phone development. There's all sorts of different flavors. So if you wanted to do, you know, a little bit bigger project that, you know, had a multitude of these, that really wasn't possible. Plus, if you wanted to use extensions that, you know, uh, like ReSharper or Code Rush or something like that, you mm-hmm. couldn't put extensions in. Even like free ones like Visual Studio uh, Web Extensions by Mads Christensen, those weren't options on those. Right. So what they announced is this is a free full version of Visual Studio. It's op- They called it Community Edition. So that means... That if you're an individual developer working on commercial or non-commercial, so you can make money off of it. If you're a developer contributing to open source, if you're academic, if you're a student, a teacher, classroom, online course. If you're non-enterprise organization of five or fewer developers, you can use this for free. Mm-hmm. The only real limitation is that they, you know, if you're an enterprise, you should pay for the enterprise tools. Right. And like I mentioned before, the expression editions were very limited. You can use this to code in C sharp, VB, F sharp, JavaScript, C Python, HTML, all you know, all the stuff that you could do in normal quote big Visual Studio. You can do in the Community Edition. It includes all the emulators. You know, the future ones include you know all the stuff that's you know coming out for their support of open source. You can install any extension. So this is really huge. It, it basically gives you all the tools you have at work, at home, but without having to pay that huge cost that would normally be associated with that. That's very cool. And this just makes it so much easier because even if even if Visual Studio was a dollar and you wanted to come up with a Windows app, it's still a barrier because you got to, you know, there's just that work of going through and figuring out how to pay for it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Microsoft licensing is uh, is, you know, some might say a little difficult sometimes. So, so having this, having this out there is, is, is pretty cool. And then, uh, there was also a preview of visual studio 2015 and I saw a little bit of this. This was, 
This is just mind blowing. Um, did you did you see many demos of this, Carl, of the 2015 yeah. edition? Yeah. So a, a few key things that I think are huge, you know, in addition to ASP.NET 5 and Roslyn and Cordova, a Microsoft written Android emulator. Right. Let let that sink in. Yeah. Microsoft wrote an Android emulator <laughs> and it's blazing fast. So I assume it's it's I assume it's better than the than the one you get from Google. Yeah, that one still takes 10 minutes to run. Okay. Just to get going. Yeah. Um another cool feature for those who are used to working in the immediate window, you yeah. can run you can use lambdas in the immediate window. Okay. Pre- previously that would just yeah. die a die a painful death. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's enhanced debugging tools so b- before they they, uh, they mentioned that uh most people don't know about the conditional breakpoints you can right click on a breakpoint and set mm-hmm. conditions on it well now when you set a breakpoint there's a little bit of ui that pops up that not only shows that off more but you have additional capabilities with that as well okay. so there's a lot they added a lot to the debugging tools yeah i it w- that used to be terrible by the way the dialogue that would pop up because you would you would it was what a text field. I think it, it, it yeah. would say like break if true. And I'd put something in there and I'm like, I swear it was true at some point here and it, it just <laughs> never stops and you have no clue. So I, I haven't seen this new one, but it can't be any worse than what it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> you, you can even do things like don't even hit the break point till it hits it five times or, you know, some, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad they revisited it. I'm, I'm assuming it's way better. So yeah, I saw when I was watching the the demo of this, um, I actually saw a demo that, that sort of put everything together. I, it was an ASP.NET application running in Docker, which is a, you know, a, a containerized way of, of assembling these different pieces and, and deploying resources uh, on Linux with step through debugging. That was crazy. So like they would do, I think it was like environment dot op, operating system or whatever the, the call is to see what you're on. And it said Unix. And it was just that that was mind blowing. I'm gonna let that sink in ASP.NET running in Docker on Linux and they're debugging it from a windows machine with, you know, just full regular step through debugging while being able to do lambdas in the immediate window. Yep. So let's take this one step farther. So the next announcement, this is outside visual studio 2015. Now mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a project called OmniSharp that was released. It's by a few guys that uh, are pretty well known, Scott Hanselman, Saeed Hashimi and a bunch of others. Mm-hmm. What this is, is it brings Visual Studio-like IntelliSense to Sublime on Mac, on Linux, on Windows. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, also, yeah. It, it brings it to, you know, like Atom, the Atom editor, like a bunch of those like really awesome things, Emacs, Vim, Brackets. Um, so what they demoed was they demoed Sublime on a Mac, editing code, and getting IntelliSense <laughs> in Sublime. I, I that. mean, that is, That's cool. That's cool. It's uh, it's definitely a new world, man. Yeah, you, you <laughs> ten years ago you wouldn't have imagined this. I mean, yeah. there's so many announcements. Five years ago, yeah, five, five years, years ago, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think the the rule book is yeah, it's it's buried under under yesterday's launch. So yeah, yeah I I heard a, a comment by somebody like if if Microsoft would have done this when Java first came out, where would Java be today? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point, but. I mean, I'm not saying that they would be gone, but it would be a different, totally different position. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with that portion of it. I mean, the, the challenge always is how do you, how do you make money? And, um, you know, things like Azure and some of these other services didn't exist and all the money was coming from windows. 
So whenever you take out like the one piece that actually makes money, like what, what do you do at that point? Mm -hmm. I mean, if Microsoft, when they first came out of .NET, if it would have been on Linux, I mean, people would have used, people would have switched to Linux just to use that and gotten it for free. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying it wouldn't have been awesome. It would have been awesome because I I tried, you know, mono back in the day and I was trying to figure out how to make that work. And then I said, you know what, it's worth it to spend a little bit of money on windows just to get this wonderful environment that all works together. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what we got to be careful of now is not getting so diluted that, you know, this stuff works good on maybe windows and Mac, but it just, it's sort of half-assed on Linux. You know, it's because it, it's hard to maintain stuff across all these different platforms. So I think, you know, luckily the the environment is a little bit different today where it's it's easier to break these things up. And I think it is easier to maintain those. But I think back, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been that would have been a huge challenge keeping that working. This one is cool. Give me a good deal, Carl. What do you got? So Microsoft has packaged Office 365 Home, Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Live Music Pass, Skype Unlimited for $199 total. Per day? <laughs> per year. <laughs> per month? Okay, per, per year. year. Okay, so, that's a deal. So, so in the past, I don't know what they all are, but I, I know that gold well, is, what, $60 a year. Yeah, yeah Music Ex- Pass is, music what, 60 uh, It's 100 to 120 depending upon how you oh, pay yeah, for it. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, let's just say 100 so we're at 160 Add in Office, uh, which is at 100 so that's 100. 260 and then Skype. Well, let's say let's say I don't know Skype. Let's say twenty because nobody's gonna pay more than twenty bucks a month for Skype. I wouldn't think. No, a year. That's you figure the year cost though. Oh yeah, you're right. Holy crap. Well, let's just say one twenty then. So you're sitting here roughly four hundred bucks. You're getting yeah. half price. So even if you only use three of those services, that's already a deal, and it's gonna make you use the fourth one. Or well, even if you use two. Yeah. I mean, if you use Office and Music Pass. You're already saving money and boom, you got Xbox Live. Okay. I'll buy that so, for a dollar. Well, actually two hundred. <laughs> I guess that How many cups of coffee is that? Yeah. Uh Starbucks has like three cups. Three cups in yeah. a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then Skype for business. I've never heard of this product, Carl. Well, it was previously known as Communicator, then renamed to Link. <laughs> Now it will be called Skype for Business. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I know that some people are like, why does, why does Microsoft have Link and Skype? Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? I mean, you know, personally, I use Link for work every day, and it, it does have its pluses and minuses, and I, we use Skype for this call. And it has its pluses and minuses. And it's mm-hmm. if they can blend the best of both of them, yeah, but that has it, nothing to do with the name, right? It, no, it's it's not, but it, it's part of it as well because with this, there it's also announcing the final convergence between the two because uh, earlier this year they had you know converged the IMing between them and yeah. let them federate together. Now with with this, you also get the 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 melding of the video capabilities as well. Right. So now so now that they'll be on the same technological base. You know, branding wise, you know, I, I've seen Skype get a little bit more professional looking. I mean, recently yeah. they've they've had a, a a release that comes out that kind of changed at least the desktop version quite a bit. It looks it, way better. It, it, it looks more polished. It looks more refined. Um, I can see another step further with this, you know, merging the two together a bit. 
it's mm-hmm. not that far off anymore for me. You yeah. know, prior to this last mm-hmm. update, you know, I could be like, well, Skype's a little bubbly or whatever, but it, it, it does look semi-professional now, you know, semi, you know, casual. I see it as a branding thing. People know Skype. People don't know Link. Yeah, that's true. Link is awesome, though. I had uh, <laughs> uh, story time. So I I was uh, it was at the the last company I was at and we ended up we had a we had a Cisco phone system and I ended up ripping out the whole thing and uh, selling it to replace it with Link. And what was kind of interesting about it was we had these these, you know, these Cisco phones, these kind of iconic Cisco phones with the big color screens. And, you know, those things were mega expensive when they first bought them. And uh, we basically replaced them with most of them didn't get replaced with phones. They got replaced with headsets. So it was headset plus link. And we were able to pay for the most of the project just by selling those handsets. And we sold them used to to this guy that was a reseller. He worked for a company that does reselling. And we sold them, I think the first batch, he paid 180 bucks a piece for them. They were mint condition. And then at toward the end, we were still selling for like 130. And the last batch we sent, he goes, I can't buy anymore. I just had somebody sell me, I think it was 8,000 of those. So he was done. I mean, people are ditching that kind of phone system because the, the, okay. I was going to say the fact is, but my, my opinion is Microsoft is good at software. And this is my opinion, you know, before even working there, uh, Microsoft, you know, knows how to do software. Sometimes it takes a couple versions, but you know, Microsoft makes good <laughs> software and, um, and, and can figure out, um, hardware or work with hardware partners. Cisco is really good at the, at the, uh, hardware, but they are just terrible at software. They've made, they've made attempts to do this and they've, they've just failed. They've had equivalent products and it, it it's just, it's really been a disaster. So I was, I was happy to switch over and I had some people tell me I was crazy and, uh, one by one. And I know you, you saw this, Carl, you know, our link list, we had like their, uh, in outlook, you get people status one by one, you'd start seeing that little light go from like, you know, white over to, you know, red or yellow telling you that they were or green, telling you that they were online. So we could see these people that were telling me I was crazy starting to adopt link. And I think link is it's, um, uh, you know, it's just it's incredibly powerful. Rob, do you use link or? I have in the past. Okay. Uh, before it was called link, it was called something yeah, else. Communicator. Uh, OCS yeah uh, office communicator something yep (laughs) and that's when I used it (laughs) and then it had another name at one point well just like I said yeah so like that was like version one and then there was link like 2010 which was okay and 2013 is pretty good now um it's got glitches but the same thing happens with WebEx or any of these tools um but that kind of stuff is I mean they're they just keep getting better and better and if if link does adopt some of the Skype technology I think it's um, there's such a huge advantage there. I think it's a good name change too. Cause then you're not like, you mean link the code or do you mean link? link the oh, no. I know. Let me send you a link to link so that I can, I am you, uh, my link. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think we beat that one to death. Uh, let's see here. Windows 10, uh, build 9879. Oh boy. You want to explain this one, Carl? Yep. Uh, at least a little bit, um, in there, one of the biggest things that they changed is how OneDrive functions, especially with how they sync files. And now if I, you know, I haven't gotten into it fully, but now it's like an all or nothing thing. They took away the selective sync feature. Yeah. And I, I just found and added another show or link to the show notes. Um, Microsoft is now responding to it. So essentially what they said is we're, we're not done finishing it. This is kind of one of the next steps we have to take to continue on. 
Um, it's going to be better in the future. We're going to allow people searching for stuff that they don't have, but we're only going to show you what's actually there because it was confusing to people to see stuff and not realize that was offline. Right. So whether or not we personally agree with it, you know, they, they kind of have a plan in place to address a whole bunch of concerns. You're such a fanboy. So, <laughs> well, but okay. No, I, I, I you no, know, I'm just, like, I'm just messing with you. Uh, prior to that, though, I mean, I when I upgraded to that build ninety eight seventy nine. It mm-hmm. says, oh, relog into OneDrive. I did. It says, oh, there's an existing one there. I, I hit OK. And then it just crashes. Yeah, that's what mine did. I mean, not even a, a failure or anything. It crashed. So from yeah, that point of view, yeah, it sucks. Issue. Yeah, yeah it, it's an upgrade issue. It, this is beta so- or pre-beta software even, really. So, I mean, you got to take what you get. But we're, we're seeing the, the sausage as it's being made, so to say. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do work at Microsoft, but these opinions are certainly my own, but I know for the podcast and for many other things, we, we really counted on that selective sync. So what, like, I'll, I'll tell you how we do the podcast. We end up, um, uh, we, I have a shared folder or shared OneDrive folder. And I know Carl puts his audio in there and I put all the audio files in there. And what's great is I publish or I create the show out of the files that are in that OneDrive folder. And what I do is after we publish it, I just forget about it. The stuff automatically uploads. And eventually after you haven't used it a while, it just switches to online only. So it's a fully automatic selective sync, which is really nice. Same thing with my documents that I scan in. So I go, I, as I get stuff in the mail, I scan it in, I put it in my OneDrive folder and eventually it just switches to online only. So it doesn't take up any actual space on my computer. That was the biggest competitive advantage that OneDrive had. So from that standpoint, I'm, I'm ready to cry. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I put my votes in for the, for the petition. I I'm going through the same channels as everybody else. You know, I'm just saying as a, as a user, this isn't what I want. Now I think they have some legitimate reasons for going on the path that they're going, but, um, you know, I, I don't like it. I, I want the selective sync. I think, I think that's huge. So that's where I'm at. Should we move on? Okay. Uh, and then what, so the, the last thing, the last piece of news here was this, uh, uh, AWS event called reinvent. Um, so we, you know, we usually talk about Azure, but, um, I did want to talk about, um, AWS as well. Some listeners probably use, uh, AWS and I actually, I've used a lot of their um, services in the past, so I figured that we'd cover it. Um, so they have a whole bunch of stuff in there, and I'm not going to dig into it. They have like a key management service, um, mm-hmm. some other things that I'm not really going to dive into. Uh, we'll have a link to the show notes so you can check out all the announcements. They have them all on one page. The one thing that I thought was interesting and sort of uh, innovative is this AWS Lambda. And uh, this is kind of neat because what it does, it reminds me of the Google App Engine. It's a little bit different way of architecting a, a cloud, or I shouldn't say architecting, a different way of executing a cloud application. Instead of sort of pre-provisioning compute units or scale units, what you end up doing is you end up saying, here is code for how to uh, handle a request to this website. Uh, you know, Carl, when we talked before, you you said it was kind of like, if this, then that. It was kind of like that website. And this is like, if I get a request, run this code for the response. And or it could be like, um, you know, their other services could be, you know, basically creating events where this gets handled. So their Kinesis uh, service, which is similar to Azure Event Hubs, 
is where they can do large scale uh, data ingestion. You can have this code respond to the events that are coming through that. And the reason this is cool is if you have a website where three people go to it, you're going to pay for three requests. Well, what I think is interesting is it says you pay for the requests and for the compute time. Billing is metered in increments of 100 milliseconds. Right, right. So, so that I mean, that's pretty yeah. granular. Yeah. So this is like as granular as you can possibly get. So, you know, your your bill is probably going to be a little bit more of a surprise, but you're paying for exactly, uh, you know, what you're using. The other part of this is I think they give you like a million per month for free. It's a you know, pretty crazy amount because really a million requests isn't that much. Um, to be fair, I mean, if you run the same thing on Azure in that in that, well, you could run it in the free tier of Azure and it's going to handle a million requests per month as well. Um, the other thing I want to point out is Azure sort of has this functionality in the um, there's a there's a pretty cool set of functionality under um, uh, what is it? Mobile services where you can actually publish APIs uh, and, and have them, you know, it sort of handles all the, the back, uh, the infrastructure for that. You're not, uh, publishing a whole website. You're just saying, here's how you handle these requests. So, uh, I just wanted to make sure I mention it. You can go check out that news if you're an AWS user. Okay. Let's talk to Rob. Finally. Sorry, Rob. We had to get through all that news. There was too much this week. <laughs> a lot of news, a lot of things this week, man. Yeah. 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 Pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, right now, as we speak, I have uh, actually just finished. I have, uh, I had chocolatey running and, uh, I mean, I use this every time I got to set up a new machine. I have a chocolatey script and, uh, I love this so I can just drop into a command line and say, install this software and, you know, make it. So, uh, so do you want to, yeah. yeah, you want to tell us a little bit more about chocolatey? Sure. Uh, chocolatey is for those that are not familiar with say, uh, yum or apt-get or other package managers what it is it, it just allows you to uh, silently download applications and install them on your machine silently upgrade them on your machine and then silently remove them from your machine so uh, it really saves you a lot of time because you can script out all of these installs or upgrades and uh, then have them run whenever yeah so i mean i i can just open up a command line i just say once i have this actually what's great about this too is how you install it i mean you literally paste in a command line and it installs it and then i can just paste in uh the syntax is like choco install and uh let me give you an example let me pull one up for my script here I, I think what's great about it is you started that there, Jason, but a lot yep. of times you can just guess on the program name. I, I know I want like Notepad++. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't have to figure out is just tr- just try typing Notepad++ in. You know, I tried with the pluses. Oh, that didn't work. Let me spell it out. Okay, there it worked. And you can also do Chaco search yep. uh, Notepad++ or, or whatever, and uh, you can pull down stuff. Um, you can add minus V to it and you can actually get a little bit more information about each one of the, the search results. Okay. It's actually quite a bit more information. So it's giving you like the entire description, uh, the new version of chocolatey, which is the rewrite, uh, actually tell me how many downloads it had, uh, and some other really good information that that's helpful when you're taking a look at packages. Um, I'm just, yeah. I'm just following along, trying, trying all the things that you say. So <laughs> I got that going, but anyway, yeah. So actually, one right on. one good op or one good uh, example here too is Paint.net. So I can go Chaco install Paint.net. Paint.net is notoriously horrible because if you go to Paint.net, that's not where you get Paint.net. You get Paint.net at getpaint.net.com, yeah. I think, or something, or is it getpaint.net? I don't know. Getpaint.net. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how do and I get you- it, Carl? 
and then not only that but their download button is oh yeah there's like 15 of them yeah and, and if you click the wrong one it's an ad it's i mean it's a great product but it's a you know a terrible way to get it yeah and it's like going out to software sites back in the day when you were trying to get like the 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 darkwares or whatever yeah <laughs> you're like i clicked the wrong one yeah slowly careful and that was totally not safe careful for at that point. <laughs> yeah so so very cool product and i'm gonna so i'll have um and we'll include a link to the show notes um with my the script that i use to set up my machine uh so right people on. can check that out yeah, and, and to add to that, uh, there's another really cool tool out there called Box Starter, which yep. Matt Rock works on. Um, it can it goes a little step, it goes another step forward, so it becomes more of a provisioner uh, where Chocolatey is just a package manager. What it allow you to do is uh, say, do I want it to go ahead and allow uh, my machine to reboot? Right, and so you can write a Box Starter script that will set up a couple more customizations on Windows, and then uh, between packages, it can actually reboot and pick up where it left off. Yeah, that is very cool. So you can actually install Box Starter with Chocolatey, uh-huh. and that's what I do. And then uh, what's kind of cool here, you can set. Um, there's one. There's a command called set uh, Windows Explorer options. So I turn off like yeah. show hidden files and folders, show protected files, things like that. Uh, enable remote desktop. I have that one here. Um, let's see. And then when toward the end here, I have one that does install dash Windows update. And I call, I do it with the parameters, get updates from MS, accept EULA and suppress reboots. So yeah. I, I actually, once I installed windows on here, I went in, I said, check for updates. I did that a couple times. And you know, of course, sometimes stuff shows up, sometimes it doesn't. And then I ran through this script. Sure enough, 10 updates that I didn't get before. So this, this is like a, you know, sort of a, uh, just a super easy way to make sure you get all those updates. Yeah. There's quite a few options here. Yeah. So if I have an app that I've just made, how how do I go about making sure that, you know, it works with Chocolatey and, you know, w- what are the advantages I get from going through that extra work? Oh, right on. <clears throat> That's a good question. So if you're, if you got your own app out there and it's not, uh, so a lot of people will create their, their DLLs or their frameworks and they'll put them up on NuGet Oregon. What that brings them is discoverability, um, uh, kind of a community where people can see these things. Uh, Chocolatey takes that a step for, further and even adds like the discuss comments. So you can get your stuff up there um, and then people can, you know, they see it, uh, they have more opportunities to use it, they can see what other people, you know, have said about it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a lot in discoverability. Uh, you're starting to see like way back when, when Rob Connery was like, you know, if it's on not on NuGet, it doesn't exist. Uh, you're starting to see some folks are, are starting to lean that way with Chocolatey as well. So, I will say that I have my my list of things that get installed with Chocolatey, and then everything else sort of, I you know I don't um, I don't install it until I need it. So yeah. you know, and and I might be on a plane and I might just say ah never mind, I just I don't need it. So I think that's I think that's dead on. Um. So actually, we should talk about that. The applications that don't work with Chocolatey. Um, why don't they work with Chocolatey and what's up with that? So part of Chocolatey is about being able to reach out to the Internet and download uh, an application, being able to silently install it. Or uh, if in the case of like a tool or a portable type app, um, just being able to, to have it available in the package so that it goes on the path. Um, Tools that don't lend themselves very well to this are tools that are not publicly accessible. Now, you can still create a package, like an internal package at your company, 
host that MSI or, or native installer somewhere local, um, and then do the install with it. But, uh, it's never going to find itself on the community feed just because it's not available. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that we're looking at is, uh, this idea, uh, we're doing a Kickstarter. We can get to that in a minute. Yep. Um, we're looking at this ability to have, um, professional feeds and, and, uh, business feeds where we could actually, um, work with companies that have these kind of apps and try to offer these, uh, particular things as packages. So you could still do an install of a package. Um, that's not necessarily available on the internet. It's just, it's now on this feed, especially when there's like a paywall, you know, you go and it's like, we need to get your email address and some of your other information before we allow you to download this. Um, a lot of times when you go out and you do that, it's, oh, we need your, your email. And you just give them like Bob at yahoo.com or something completely made up. <laughs> I feel bad oh, for yeah, that guy. He gets a lot link, of my right? mail. <laughs> he gets a lot of my mail. Uh, <laughs> and then they give you the download link and you're good. Um, where, um, because these are authenticated feeds, if they had these things up on chocolate, we could actually guarantee that the information we're giving them is a, you know, I mean, this is almost a hundred percent good stuff right here. Cause you go to download one of these and it goes, Oh, uh, you're wanting to download ghost stock. Uh, you want to install ghost stock. Uh, would you like Chocolaty to provide your information to ghost stock? And if you say no, you don't get to install. So yeah. <laughs> if you say yes, um, what the information that goes back to, uh, the, the guys that own and maintain GoStock, they're actually getting really good leads. Ah, so they point, have an incentive right? to, uh, yeah. to support this. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's a good idea. That's a really good yeah. idea. And so, yeah, I think, I think a lot of companies end up using the download as like the point of purchase. Right. So, um, that, that's like their license control. You, you pay for it and then you get to download it. Um, yeah. and, uh, luckily I, I think we're starting to get away from that. I mean, I think there's a lot of things now where you install them and it's like, uh, well I'm installed, but, uh, you know, you got to put in your credentials before you can actually run me. Right. You got to put in the license before you can use me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I would to encourage yeah, app more. developers to, to switch to that model. Cause it's, it's much more friendly to the user. Yeah. And we're starting to think about how, what are, what are some other ways that we could actually, um, even with the apps that require like purchase before you can download, you know, how, do, how do we kind of to, to bring that market to chocolatey as well? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like more forward thinking. I, we have, uh, really no idea how we're going to get there yet, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, there's some definite, uh, considerations, uh, in getting there. I mean, the trying to figure out how, when you do your chocolatey install, have they already paid for this? You know, all those are, are, are really, uh, implementation details, just, um, you know, and the devil is in the details. Right. Right. <laughs> It was definitely something that, that we're thinking about, um, but at first trying to get the other way for, you know, being able to offer these ones that just have the, like the sales leads. Like, I, I want to get your information so that uh, I can get a hold of you later and see, you know, what you think of the product, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely trying to, to, to target that with the our first wave and like the professional packages. Yeah. So when I when I go through that chocolatey website, you, you can browse a whole bunch of these, you know, uh, you know, packages to to download via the the tool. But how do you handle you know people submitting fraudulent, misleading, you know, p- potentially packages that contain malware? How, how is that handled? Right. So uh, we have some. We have about six moderators, uh, and when you submit a package, it does not um, show up for everybody until it has been approved. Um, and, and if you're thinking, you know, I never seen this before. This is, this is actually, it's brand new. We just started about, uh, one month ago. 
um, package moderation. So um, we're going to go back through all the old packages and we're actually going through now and we're, we're cleaning up packages. Um, we've exempted some packages and uh, we're giving people a grace period to um, move some of their uh, more personal packages over to something like MyGet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in December, we're really going to start cleaning up the entire feed so that it gets... You don't see a lot of these duplicate packages because we'll mm. take the maintainers and we'll merge them into one and we'll pick the, whichever package has the best name and let that one move forward, uh, that kind of stuff. We've added package moderation, which really helps um, stop that, the malware from, from the beginning. And before the process was more about reviewing it after the fact. And sometimes uh, you would find that people would appreciate the feedback, um, but others you wouldn't hear back. And, and more having it, it doesn't even show up until we've approved it. Um, is really bringing up the quality because people are responding to the feedback so that they can get their packages um, up there and available. Yeah, it just yeah, it just raises the entire bar for yeah. you to jump over to make sure that you know there's quality in the feeds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good to know. I that that was honestly one of my big concerns was okay, I'm getting Sublime text, but uh, you know, like some random person has packaged up Sublime Sublime text. I'm getting like the Ethan Brown sublime text too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, so I, I usually, I was usually going off the reviews cause I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's tough to scale, uh, moderation. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out as that grows too. Yeah, absolutely. See if you're able to keep up or if you need some kind of uh, community moderation or how that's going to work. We'll be adding more moderators. Okay. <laughs> and then, it, so my, I, I just had a, I had a thought I mean, as we were going on, I mean, this is a way of, installing software so have you ever thought about having um you know some kind of uh interface for this thing i mean you could have a gui that lists packages and you just sort of check a whole bunch of check boxes and push one button right that's interesting that you asked <laughs> um <clears throat> we have uh gary uh gary Ewan park and uh richie sampson uh, uh, Samson, yes okay uh are working on chocolatey gui okay uh, which was originally done by christian and i'm gonna butcher his last name but Bays, okay. Chrissy Bays. Um, I hadn't heard about they, this. So. <laughs> they've taken it and they've, they've added like the, the more of the WPF side of it. And so they've really uh, brought it way up. And if you take a look uh, out on the Kickstarter on the video, I actually highlight it in several spots. Oh, you so, do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, that GUI is, it, it, it's it's what I think of like when I think of like Synaptic, uh, which is it sits up on top of apt-get and, and allows you to do the check, 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 install and, you know, check, 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 upgrade. Okay. Uh, so it, it adds that really nice element that you could actually maybe take to your parents and let them use at some point, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just see this as like another um, another store, but it, it you know, uh, people could... I don't know. You already have the, this catalog of great applications in there. And it, I think it's, you yeah. know, right now it's probably a little more developer focused, the stuff that I've seen in there. Um, but even that, that's an okay start, right? Like I, that's fine by me. I, I want to set up a machine. Wouldn't bother me to go in and check some check boxes and push a button. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely more leaning towards the, the IT side than it is, uh, you know, like your mom and your pop. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could actually see a, a file uh, you know, like a JSON file. Well, maybe not JSON, something like a JSON file where I can, that that's like, I don't know, I guess we're kind of going around full circle, but it sort of has the list of packages in it and, yeah. and the GUI loads that up and maybe it like, you know, shows me for each package like, Oh, well, Hey, this one's been up, hasn't been updated in a while. And, uh, this one is actually a virus. You might want not want to get that. And, you know, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, 
one of the things that we're adding in is uh, package indexes. We're getting that in uh, with the newer version. Mm-hmm. Um, what that'll do is, you know, uh, when you're like, you know, Chaco install and you start to go notepad um, and you're like, well, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do here. You can just start hitting tab oh, and it'll nice. start auto completing for you. There we go. On like, you know, or when you put in the wrong thing, and you know, with the app get, when you do that, and it goes, did you mean, and it'll throw up a list of possibilities. Cool. And, and it's really hard to do that when you don't have a local package index, so these little index files. Yeah. And so um, the chocolatey update command has been replaced with the chocolatey upgrade command. And update is going to work a lot more like it does in app get, where it actually will pull down all of the, the latest indexes, so you'll get what the versions are supposed to be, so that when you run all those local commands, like, you know, are there upgrades available, they're going to be lightning fast. And uh, right now, um, the new version of Chocolate that comes out um, this quarter, later this quarter, uh, which is C-sharp, been rewritten, mm-hmm. and it, it is tremendously faster like if you if you go run uh like with chocolatey there's this command you can call called uh cup all or chocolate uh choco update all Mm -hmm. and what that'll do is it'll look at every single application that you have installed with chocolatey and look and see if there's an upgrade and if there is it'll upgrade every one of those guys so it's like um windows update but for everything else (laughs) yeah Um, that's very cool i mean so one thing that i wanted to ask you was how upgrades work because my yeah. my big thing is uh well let's take Skype. So I do I do Chaco install Skype. I get Skype. Okay, that's fine. Well, what ends up happening a week later is Skype goes, "Hey, there's an update available." So I I hit update in Skype and now mm-hmm. Chaco I don't know if it thinks I have one version, I actually have a different one. So how how does that work? Yeah, so they don't sync very well, uh especially when that happens. Yeah. Um so when you're you're using chocolatey and you see there's an upgrade, usually what I'll do, uh, if I see there's an upgrade, I'll, I'll flip back over to the command line and I'll be like, Chaco up, you know, Skype. And I'll let it handle it instead, mm-hmm. um, just so that they, they try to stay synced. Uh, in the professional version, we're going to look at more like stinking with the system so that uh, we're always, you know, in line with the way it's supposed to be, you know, like all of your installed apps. Um and if there's chocolatey packages available for those, we're going to sync those up and then try to keep them in sync. So if you happen to do an upgrade of Skype outside of chocolatey um, and you run the Choco sync command, it should be able to detect that there's been a change and say, okay, no, he's not on that version of Skype anymore. He's actually on this version and make those changes to um, the local chocolatey um, repository for you. So theoretically I could actually run a script every 3 a.m. and say, you know, Chaco, what is it? Upgrade all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I would just have all the latest and greatest every day. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. that's news to me. <laughs> that's and it's awesome. It's, it's extremely slow. Um, <laughs> well, if it's a 3 a.m. I don't care. So I, sh- I showed it, uh, where I ran it, uh, I was doing a talk at puppet conf and I showed it. Uh, it was like, okay, so this takes, it took four, I had 113 apps and it took four and a half or almost five minutes to run the entire, uh, through the entire set to find out. And then I ran, uh, Chaco XE against it and it was 44 seconds, okay. which is much, much faster. It's like 600% faster, but, um, that really should have been like two seconds or one second. Right. Or, you know, it should have been in, in the sub second. So, uh, that's where the package indexes will come in when, when we get that feature in. It's just going to make everything very, very fast, uh, locally. Okay, cool. That's pretty exciting. But recently, Microsoft announced one Git. Can you explain yeah. what that is and kind of how it affects Chocolatey? OneGit is a package manager aggregator, right? 
Um, <laughs> which oh, okay. means yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's there's all of these uh, different package managers out there. Um, you know, like uh, Python's uh, pip, uh, Ruby Gems, all of those different guys, and, and Chocolatey, and what uh, all of these uh, what. One Git has is it has all of these providers that are built into it. So like there's an MSI provider, there's a NuGet provider, there's a Chocolatey provider, and uh, the Chocolatey provider is actually written is going to be written by us. Uh, and so what'll happen is when you're you're on Windows and you're you're like okay One Git uh, install it's actually I'm sorry it's just install dash package and then you can say minus provider Chocolatey it'll uh, go out and get it from Chocolatey instead. So this isn't, you know, one of those, if it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger. It's only going to make chocolate even better. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it is very, very good for chocolatey. Yeah, we love one get. <laughs> so will that work with, um, what other package managers is that going to work with then? Oh, I mean, around this. there is a, there's a nice thing. If you go out to onegit.org, which will take you to the GitHub oh, thing. Oh, okay. Uh, there is... I think Carl actually linked to that. Okay. I don't know what the issue is, uh, but if you go out and you look at issues, and it's probably one of the newest ones. Yeah. Uh, lists of desired package manager plugins. It's issues uh, 77. And you can see like there's this ginormous list of things up here. We're talking about Sigwin. We're talking about <laughs> CPAN, Pear, uh, Maven. I mean, Lua. Power. Um, yeah. I threw out Pathogen for Vim. You know, it's just like, you know, even Jess. Um <laughs> Well, there's there's Just no problem. I I, I saw something on Twitter the other day. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show where somebody was like, "Oh, um, you know, how do I manage these front end packages? Oh, do you actually have? Oh, no, you don't have it up there. Um, it goes, how do you? He goes, how do you manage these front end packages? Oh, you just use Bower for that. Oh, how do I install that? Oh, yeah. oh you install it with npm. It's yeah. it's a package manager. Oh, well, how do I get do that? I get, oh, you use, use uh, you know, use brew. <laughs> oh, well, how do I get that? And it's just like this infinite, you know, recursion of uh, package managers. Package managers, yeah. Yeah. So having I these, too. I, I think this one get, so it's trying to unify these. I wonder if that'll like sort of get rid of that whole thing where I can just say like, hey, I just need, I need Bower. <laughs> well, one of the things I see on the list that's very, very exciting is the V6 extensions. So all of your Visual Studio yeah. extensions as well. I, I never thought of putting that in the same category as Chocolatey. Well, Chocolatey actually installed V6. It, it does, I know, but I never thought of, you know, it browsing that, you know, that whole yeah. list. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Okay. Wow. This is this is cool. What a what a age we live in. .NET on Linux and package managers for everything and everybody. Package <laughs> managers for package managers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now we have one. Cats and dogs living together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just... <laughs> pretty cool. So uh, I know we kept mentioning the Kickstarter. So tell us about yes. this. All right, so uh, we are doing a Kickstarter. Uh, what uh, the current version of Chocolatey that everybody uses uh, is what I like to call the Chocolatey experiment. Um, uh, way back in 2011, I was just I was looking for something that was out there. I couldn't find anything, and so I created something. Uh, originally, a little bit for me, uh, but then I thought other people might get a little bit of use out of it, and so I started adding a little bit more into it. And it was also, you know, my way of trying to make. PowerShell stick in my head because I'd learned PowerShell before and then I forgot everything. It's like coders Alzheimer's or something. But um, so that uh, the current version of Chocolatey is is 
hard to maintain. <laughs> and so one of the things that we want to do is we want to take uh, the chocolate experiment and we want to take it to what we call the chocolatey experience. And uh, for us, that is uh, the rewrites of the entire, uh, some of the, the framework we're trying to, to integrate better with NuGet and use NuGet Core instead. Uh, and additionally, um, we want to make uh, chocolatey self-sufficient. Right now it's, it's completely, it's FOSS software. There's no charge for anything. Um, but for us to run chocolatey, it costs, uh, the infrastructure costs around, um, 900 to a thousand a month. Uh, and I pay wow. probably about a hundred, a hundred of that myself. Yeah. And so we're looking at ways, uh, and, and app Harbor, app Harbor is super awesome. <laughs> they, uh, they're tremendously generous. The, the amount of stuff that they, they allow for us to use, uh, on their framework is probably, uh, Last time I checked, it was 750, but then we added uh, a little bit more to it. So I'm pretty sure it's closer to a thousand just by <laughs> itself now. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I did the math here. You've uh, you've had seven million downloads, so that is uh, yeah. uh, half a penny per download. So you just got to get people to donate one cent per download, and yeah. you would have uh, yeah, that would be a lot of money. <laughs> And so we really want to take the infrastructure. We want to make it better. We want to be able to support, um, you know, because as things get popular, when the infrastructure is, is kind of so-so, you, you really start to see it strain. And we really want to make sure that that's good and it continues to be good for years to come. We want to make sure that uh, we're able to be self-sustaining for, for years to be uh, to come. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that uh, by adding in a pro version. Um, what is FOSS will always be FOSS. Uh, we always plan to have like the free version of Chocolatey that's completely open source. Um, and then what we'll add in is this Chocolatey for, for professional and Chocolatey for business. And what that is is it's just an extension that adds into the Choco Exe. And it, it brings in, um, you know, better stuff. So it's going to bring in the ability to uh, like the synchronize with the existing ad remove programs. Um, and these, and, and some of these other features, like, like that particular thing we expect to maybe go free at some point, but some of these other features that we want to bring in are just about, uh, things that are going to cost us money to provide, mm-hmm. but we think they're really important for the community, like the virus checking at runtime. We think that's really important to the community, but it's not exactly free for us to offer. Um, and then alternate download locations. So when you go to install a package, it reaches out to the official distribution point and, um, that particular distribution point deletes things every once in a while, or they just continually update that same location with a new version. Um, when you say, I want a particular version, it should, you should get that version or, you know, it shouldn't 404. And so we want to build up a CDN of uh, these particular installs over here for our professional users so that when they're trying to install something, um, they get a lot more stability. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, it wasn't over there, but it's over here on the CDN. And so it can download it and install it. Yeah, so it looks yeah. like you're asking for a $40,000 goal, and we're sitting here three days out, and we have yeah. just over $3,500 left, so we're really close. We're very close. Yeah. Very close. So uh, I, I'm excited to be part of this to help chip it over. Uh, I know I donated. I believe, Jason, you said you were going to as yep, well. Definitely. And and, yeah. and the thing is, like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna switch into my, uh, uh, what are those things where they, they run it all day on the, like, the fundraisers on TV? I'm going to switch <laughs> in, over into that mode. I mean... Just, just give, you know, it's a minimum of a dollar. Like if, if yeah. you use chocolatey ever, just at least give a dollar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if everybody gave a dollar, like you, you wouldn't, you would have the kicks. I mean, chocolatey would be, 
you wouldn't know what to spend the money on. So just um, <laughs> everybody just at least give the minimum. And then there's good reasons out here to get the uh, the other stuff. So I have my eye on oh, this yeah. black T-shirt here. So it's uh, yeah. the Chocolatey Experience um, available only through the Kickstarter. So what the, the the Let's Get Chocolatey one is like the standard shirt. And then the the Chocolatey Experience mm-hmm. is the uh, limited one. Is that do I have that right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, when we first brought up the Kickstarter, we had the Let's Get Chocolatey shirt, and we finished the Chocolatey Experience design. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we didn't want to be disingenuous, we had that other uh-huh. one up there for a while. Some people may have back thinking they were getting that. We want to make sure that we we still offer that Let's Get Chocolatey in case people I got want you. to get that one instead. I got gotcha. you. Um, See, I want to I, I want to rock this shirt, and then you know, I really think people are going to want this one instead. And I'm actually wearing the Chocolatey Experience right now, and it's yeah. It's a black t-shirt. Uh, we also have a white version. Um, but yeah, um, uh, all of the different levels have great rewards. Uh, we also have a hoodie. Uh, so if you back at the $100 level, you can get a hoodie. If you want to get a uh, pro license too, uh, then you will go for the $150 level. Okay. Uh, we start beta access at $350 and... At 750 and above, uh, folks will get listed on chocolate.org as a backer. So if you're a business and you're looking for a great way for a ton of people to see your project, mm-hmm. definitely start it back at, at the 750 or above because that's going to um, get a lot of people looking at it. Um, I think uh, I was looking the other day. We have about 180,000 visits a month, unique visits. Wow. And uh, that number's going up. Well, yeah. See, if you just got <laughs> a buck going from up each steadily. person. <laughs> yeah, so if you're really looking like to want to market your product, it's a fantastic way to to get it somewhere uh, where people are going to see it. No, this is this is great. So everybody should check it out if you if you like what you see, uh, throw some money at it because I I think this is a this is a good thing to put money at. I mean, I hate to I've seen good projects like you know they they were run by only a couple people and then those people were like, ah, eh, this is stupid. I've made. You know, like I, it cost me $10,000 and people donated 50 bucks. So yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> that this, this, it looks like that it's going to hit the goal. Um, cause like, like Carl said, you have three days left to hit that goal. So I, I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to help, we're going to help you promote that. We're going to put some tweets out on Twitter. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we can do to help get the word out, but we're going to do whatever we can. Right on. Uh, yeah, we're excited. Um, I know that uh, forty thousand is 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 not a lot, um, but no. it sure feels like a lot when you're trying to get backers. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, when really you say just to just to, just to operate climbing. it, how much it costs, you know, that's uh, that you know, forty grand doesn't last very long. It's uh, we looked at and uh, we picked that number based on we wanted to be able to um, have the site run. Plus, uh, all of the features we wanted to bring in that weren't free and, and be able to survive for about 10 months. Um, that way, as, uh, the business model kicks off and new companies and, and folks are coming in after the Kickstarter, uh, sometime like, I think it's next June, uh, right now, June or July. I don't remember the exact, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to, to have that start that, you know, the trickle happen there as well. So that it starts to self sustain itself, uh, mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yeah as well um but yeah this is a, it's really the kickstarting of of all of this you know um getting it off the ground getting it out there and then, and then having a little extra in the bank for unforeseen costs i mean that's that's kind of where we picked our number from okay yeah it seems it seems reasonable to me uh okay let's get to the app of the week what do you got carl I have an app called screen to gif or screen to gif depending upon what your flavor is it's gif gif 
Either way, <laughs> this is this is an application that you can use to record uh, something on your desktop, and it'll save it as an animated GIF. Oh, this is cool. Uh, and I, I know Scott Hanselman is really good for putting like little snippets of like how to do something on his blog posts. And I was looking for something similar on how to do it because I just wanted to show how to do a, a very simple action. And it provides a window, and you can adjust the size of it. Uh, that's transparent underneath and everything within that window will get recorded. So you hit start and then you just go do it. You know, it'll record it and save it as an animated GIF. It's really yeah. awesome. And you know what? You can install it yep. via Chocolatey. So you go to chocolatey.org slash packages slash screen to GIF. No, don't yeah, even. But, Choco but that, install screen to GIF. Yep. But that's where it is as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know I found it, uh, this app, and I was able to use it to make exactly what I wanted in under two minutes. So just oh, for its cool. I, extreme utility, it, it's amazing. That is pretty cool. Very cool. Okay, let's see. Oh, we got a game for you. Have you, I don't, you probably never heard the show, huh, Rob? I have not. Oh, oh you're boy. in for a surprise, then. I need you to pick a number between one and four. Two. Two. Okay, you got to answer this oh, question. On a dare, would you rather have... A have to dig a booger out of a stranger's nose or allow a stranger to dig a booger out of your nose. <laughs> well, in one of these ways, I don't have to worry about getting my fingers dirty. So I'm going to have to go with option two. A stranger dig out okay. of my nose. Okay, this was the oddest question we've ever had on the show. And okay, the Carl. Answer. Yeah. Yes, Carl. <laughs> Carl, pick a number between one and four. 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 What do we got here? Okay. Would you rather be running as fast as you can and trip to land face first in a patch of grass or be running half as fast before you trip and fall face first onto a patch of gravel? It's got to be the grass. Uh, yeah, that one seems pretty easy, too. <laughs> OK, so we got uh, stranger picking the booger and running twice as fast falling on grass. OK, <laughs> <laughs> quite the week for that game. So, so Rob, where do you want people to go to find you? Carl's got uh, lots of links in the show notes. Where should people go? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best place. I, I mean, you could always come to my house, but maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, <laughs> now, what's your home address? No, uh, <laughs> no. If you uh, fervent coder, f e r v e n t c o d e r, uh, fervent coder. Um, you can hit that uh, on Gmail. That's how you can find me or on Twitter. I'm not following you. Okay, now I am. Yeah. Um, I'm also on GitHub that way. I'm pretty much everywhere that way. Um, so Okay. Yeah, that's the best place to find me, I guess. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Online. You can find me at ytechie.com or at twitter.com slash ytechie. And uh, you can email feedback to the show at feedback at msdevshow.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show by searching for MS Dev Show on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you visit msdevshow.com where you can leave comments. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes. Everything is there. Also, go to the brand new, amazing uh, facebook.com slash msdevshow site that Carl set up. Leave us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or in your podcast aggregator of choice. Where can they find you, Carl? You can find me at WPDevGuy.com or on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. That sounds good. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great talking to you, and I love chocolatey. I love talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>